Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 157. And today we have not one, not two, not even 14, but 365 amazing educational strategies. That is right. Today we are talking to the authors of the brand new ISTE book, Inclusive Learning, 365 EdTech Strategies for Every Day of the Year. Before we get into our interview today, I want to remind you guys that we have some great things happening each and every week over on AskTheTechCoach.com. Of course, this show drops every single Monday, but during the week, we also drop our video series, Tech Coach Weekly, over on our YouTube channel. We just got done releasing our third video on creating data dashboards. We took you through three different videos, how to create a Google form that can actually track daily teacher interactions. We've talked to you guys about how to put that into a Google Sheet, make some dynamic charts and graphs. And then of course, what do you do with it? You make a dashboard out of it. So check out everything over on our TeacherCast YouTube channel. You can find it over at teachercast.net forward slash YouTube. Subscribe today. We just hit over 15,000 subscribers and we're doing really, really well over there. So check out all the stuff over on our TeacherCast YouTube channel. And thank you guys again for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Our guests today are the amazing educators and authors of a brand new ISTE publication, Inclusive Learning 365 EdTech Strategies for Every Day of the Year. I want to bring on my good friend, Mr. Christopher Bougay. Chris, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm fantastic, Jeff. Thanks for having us today. We are really excited to be here. It is great to have you on. How are you and how is the podcast? I was checking out a few of your episodes this past weekend. How are things, man? Fantastic. In fact, I just recorded an episode today. Oh, the podcast you're talking about is called Talking with Tech. That's a podcast I do uh, with Rachel Madel. Rachel Madel is a private speech therapist that lives out in Los Angeles, and I am an educator that lives here in Northern Virginia. Um, I work for a public school. She's in private practice, and we talk all about augmentative and alternative communication strategies uh, for students that need those supports. Love the podcast. Certainly check that out. We're going to be having links to everything, but Chris, you're not alone. Introduce some of your co-authors today. Why don't we take it in alphabetical order, Jeff? Why don't we go with Karen Janowski? Karen, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. It is so great to be here tonight. Yeah. And so I'm out of Boston in Mass. I am an inclusive technology facilitator. I am passionate about using these strategies that we highlight in the book about reaching every learner. We want really want to help every learner be empowered and successful and independent. And this book is all about empowering every learner. So excited to be here and share share the gospel. Welcome. Thank you. I guess I'll go. I just realized I was thinking about our alphabetical order, and I was like, first name, last name, what are we doing? Okay. Next. Right in the middle in the general anyway. Hi there, everybody. I'm Mike Murata. Uh, I am an independent consultant. A couple different hats that I could drop on at any given time. I'm an independent consultant, uh, 
travel around the country working with teams and and organizations uh, to help them better um, utilize technology to support learners. Uh, and then I also am the uh, director of our state's Assistive Technology Act project here in New Jersey, uh, where we make sure people across our state have access to information about tools that can help them be more independent uh, as they move through their daily lives. Good to be here, Jeff. And finally, Beth Poss. Beth, how are you today? I am great, thanks. Um, and I'm super excited to be here. So hi, everybody. My name is Beth Poss. And um, I am by training a speech language pathologist. I am currently the director of educational programs with Lesson Picks, which is an ed tech company. Um, but I'm a former school administrator and wear lots of other hats. I also do a lot of um, consulting on the side. And I like to refer to myself as an inclusion, uh, inclusive education advocate, because I really do feel strongly that when we um, support inclusion of all learners that we improve the education of all learners. I am so excited to have you guys on. I've been checking out the book for the last couple of days, kind of seeing what it is. This is an amazing book, not only because of the content that's in it, but because it really is a book that you could sit down and read cover to cover, but you can pick things up as you go. Today, we're specifically talking to those tech coaches that are out there, the people that are in the trenches, working with teachers, coming up with those strategies, teaching those strategies. Why is a book like this important for tech coaches to kind of have on their desk? Beth, what do you think about all this stuff? Why would this be great for tech coaches? Well, I think, you know, a tech coach's role is or any coaches, whether you're a tech coach or an educational coach. I mean, it doesn't have to be just technology. It's that idea of being there to support uh, the coachee um, with just-in-time resources, just-in-time supports. And so the idea behind this, that you can um, go in and find a little nugget, right? Um, when you're a coach, if you put it all, these are all the things that you need to change, you're gonna lose your audience, right? That's, that's not how coaching works. It's right. about listening and cheering them on and then giving them that little piece that's going to make their practice better so that the next time you can help them reflect and cheer them on and give them one more little piece that's going to help their practice gets better and so the book fits in really nicely with it because it doesn't have to overwhelm um either the the coach or the coachee i, I love the first thing that you said there listen right and, and coaches we talk about relationships we talk about it all the time but the first thing is listen and then making sure that we can support them. Chris, what do you think? Why would a coach want to have this in their backpack, have this on their desk? Well, you know, um, Jeff, the word that really stuck out from what Beth was just saying to me was the word reflect. And what mm -hmm. I, when I think of coaching, um, we all come from assistive technology, the four of us, and we've made lots of mistakes. I know I have. Where I'd go in, someone would have some sort of problem, and I'd say, oh, what you need is word prediction. Oh, what you need is uh, text-to-speech. And let me just show you that thing. And then two weeks later, and it's a constant thing we hear in the assistive technology world, yeah, they don't use that thing. We told them what to do, and they don't do it. They don't do it. Well, we told you what to do. That's consulting. 
passing. When right. you say coaching, that's when you ask that reflective piece. So what do you think you should do? What do you think would work here? Um, yes, you could occasionally slip over into consulting and say, would you mind if I showed you a resource? Because I think we're landing on something you don't know it. And let me just show you this website or this strategy that you might not know about. And the book is chock full with that. Um, and so then the coach in that way starts to help them reflect on how they can design the educational experience uh, for everybody from the get-go, as opposed to retroact retroactively fixing it when, some, when there's a problem. So the coach is preventing things and helping the educator design things so that it doesn't become a problem rather than fixing it once it is a problem. It, that, that's so important. And, and I'm guilty of that too. You walk in, you're working with a teacher and they say, I need, or you see something and immediately you want to rip open that shirt and take off that, that big Superman S and fly into their hearts. But it is about listening. It is about reflecting. Mike, one of the things about this book is that it is broken down into these different sections. You call them strategies by purpose here. You've got reading, writing, STEM. I love the fact that you guys design this so that way if you are in a math class, you can flip to a session for that. If you're into a reading class, you can flip to that. And I even love the fact that you've got a STEM section. What is your favorite section of this book as the author? Oh, my, what is my favorite section? Uh, my favorite section, uh, it, the, the coach in me wants to say, my favorite section is whatever works for the people I'm working with. But that's a cheap cop out. So I'm not going to say that out loud. I'll use my inside voice and just keep that to myself. Uh, I, I do like that STEM section, Jeff, that you said that um, it, I'm a little different from my co-authors in that my training is actually as an engineer. So I live to take things apart and put them back together in some weird, different way. Um, and so I, I feel an affinity towards STEM. Uh, I really do like that. And that idea of, of, of creation and finding something to meet someone's needs. So you tapped so, into it. You got me. So, Karen, the book is called Inclusive Learning 365, but it really is more. I mean, as I'm going through the book, you've got QR codes to a supplemental website that I'm sitting here going – you guys are adding to this thing all the time. You've got links, you've got strategies, you've got resources, you've got ISTE standard aligned uh, things going on. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the supplements in here because it isn't just the book. It is an entire world of resources. Well, like you said, Jeff, I mean, it, we do have the book, but, you know, the minute you print a book, it can, can become obsolete. So we need to have a way to keep things current because things are, you know, new strategies, new ideas, new inclusive uses, new. So there's always a, a reason to keep things updated. And so through our through the inclusive um, 365.com website, that is one of the way plus one of the ways. Plus, it's also a participatory website. People can leave reviews. They can talk about, you know, what strategies have worked really well for them. They can share their ideas. So we really want to create an environment, a, a community of inclusively minded, inclusive learners. So it's, you know, it, it's really an extension. The book is a starting place. And then we go beyond that. Can I just tell you what my favorite sections are, though? Please. I'm all about literacy, the reading and writing sections are awesome. Really innovative, creative ways to reach every learner. And one of the points that we make in the book too is we don't use the, we change some of the vocabulary, but when we design our instruction inclusively, we no longer need accommodations because we're designing for all. And so the literacy um, sections, I mean, all the sections are amazing. 
of the, the eight different content areas, but literacy is especially great for, to reach every learner and every educator benefits. I'm going to guess what Beth's favorite section is. Beth, your favorite section is the beginning. It's that. It's not even, it's the whole first chapter, isn't it? Because it whole set, sets that whole mindset, right? It, it is. That first chapter is, you know, we say you can read this book in any order that you want, but read the introduction first because yeah. it sets the stage for um, developing an inclusive mindset and making sure that um, you're looking at the strategies through the lens that we really want um, our readers to look at it through. That we very specifically, this is a book about, this is a book of strategies. Yes, there are tons of links and resources, um, but it's really all about the strategies in there. And I like to think of it, it's, it's like about the why are you using a tool? It's not yeah. about the tool, it's about why are you using this tool? Because and we, we talk about this as a group all the time, tools come and go. And some of our favorite tools, like they've gone bye-bye, right? Um, but the strategy that you're using to, uh, uh, that the, the tool is couched in is what's really, really important. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because as a coach, you are going to be with teachers and you're going to be trying to figure out how to get that teacher across that bridge. And you might pick up a book like this and, you know, I might be on page 166 and it says, you know, pre-writing with sticky notes and you look at it and it's ISTE standards, but you might be able to use that tool, that concept, and, and you know, in your words, those strategies in a number of different topics, and I love the fact that this book, yes, it is technology-based, but as Beth was just mentioning, it's not tech-based. It is really how can I help get that strategy across to those teachers, to those students. Um, for everybody, what advice do you have for coaches when working with teachers? I know right now in my district I've got teachers that are digital natives, and i got teachers that don't want to even touch a Chromebook until February sometime. But the strategies are what's important. The strategies are what's going to help us make those relationships, help us listen, help get our teachers to reflect, all those things that we've already talked about. But what should a coach be doing when they're walking in that classroom with this book in hand, with this book on desk? Mike, you're shaking your head. What do you what do you think about this? Co coaching, how do we do it these days? When how do we do it? We've we've said it already is is start with asking questions. And and for those people who are reluctant to use technology, uh, I, I always find one of the most powerful things about the book is that a lot of the tools that end up being uh, a solution for any of the strategies are tools that are very familiar to people. And I think there is some comfort in that for our reluctance to be able to say, I don't have to go learn some new thing, whatever that thing is. Right. Oh, you're talking about Google Docs. Well, I use that all the time. And what it is, is having people think a little differently about these tools. And really what Beth said, go back to the why, get them back to the why. I always think that's that's the power for coaches. I uh, Coaches, when, when I go into schools um, for coaching, people are expecting you to throw more tools their way, right? Tell me another tool, tell me the newest tool. And my favorite question is always, well, why? Right. What are we trying to do? Um, and so it gives them an opportunity to reframe their their kind of their well, we say it all the time, reframe their mindset a little bit. 
Jeff, can I jump in here too and say there's a there's a plan for this. There's actually a a, a strategy that uh, people are very comfortable with and use, and that's called an IEP. Right? Every educator in public schools knows what an IEP is and knows how that works. Well, that's exactly what someone can do with a with a coaching is say let's not just have some idea of what you want to do. Let's analyze where you are, essentially write a present level for yourself, and then say, okay, let's come up with some goals to help you meet, and, and then what are the action steps to meet those goals? What do you want to improve in? And as a coach, then you can help them through that plan. But if you don't write it out and it's just sort of nebulous, like, I want to get better at inclusion, like, what does that mean? You know, you've got to write it down. You've got to have something measurable. Um, and special ed provides a roadmap for how to do that. You know, it's so interesting that you were saying about like present levels with an IEP and everything. So I was an assistant principal uh, and a school administrator for about seven years before I um, left the school district. And um, I, in that time, I evaluated lots of staff, which is, I like to think of it as, and I didn't evaluate staff as I coached staff, right? That that's really that role. My My role in doing evaluations was to make uh, to support them in their professional growth. So the, I have four questions that I would always ask after doing an observation. The first was, what do you think went really well? The second question is, why? Then after we've had all of that discussion, I would ask, what do you wish you could have done differently? And then asked, why? And so those that kind of, to me, gets to the heart of how can a coach help an educator reflect on what they're doing, what works, and what they might want to consider changing. But it puts it on them, right? It's not me telling them. Um, it's them. It's their, it's their reflections on it. And then I think also to build off of what everybody else is already saying, it's also developing that plan. What can we do together? What what are the next steps? And everybody can be, you know, part of writing that down, like Chris said, you know, let's 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 document where do we want to see, where do we want to be in a month or, or in two weeks? And so come back as part of that coaching process and see how you did. So go back to that what worked. What didn't work? Why? And so that whole questioning, reflecting, and facilitating the process. We have coaches listening to the show that are elementary-based, where the teacher teaches the lesson once and then moves on. And we've got coaches listening to this who work in the upper grades, where a teacher might have that lesson four or five or six times. How can coaches help teachers through this process I always find it's easier to work with the upper teachers because, okay, you did a lesson, let's reflect, and we're mm. going to change it, morph it, and by the time you hit a couple times, it's great. Whereas with the elementary coaches, you're like, but I've done that now. I have a completely different song and dance for tomorrow. Where do you guys see the difference here? How, how, how can coaches help both sides of teachers with their reflections, with their listening, with their you know, instructional practices and strategies? All right, I'm going to jump in here, everybody, and say I think the very first strategy we can look at is, Karen mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to just dive into it a little bit deeper, is those accommodations. Once again, special ed provides a roadmap for how to design inclusively. If you look at all the accommodations of the students with disabilities in any setting that you're looking at, so uh, like you said, the elementary or secondary, 
and you say, I'm going to plan the instruction so that everybody gets those accommodations. You meet everybody's needs. You're doing less song and dance. You've, you've kind of embraced um, a more flexible mindset and meet everybody's um, uh, where they're at. So I think that's where, uh, if you look at the accommodations, start there and provide those for everybody. What, do you, what does everyone else think? And, and, and I also think it's interesting that that person that has taught it once and then they kind of push it into the rearview mirror never to be seen again, um, they might not be looking at that really accurately because those types of learning experiences, whether the content changes or not, will show up again. The need for supports will show up again. And so when, when I'm working with the teachers that are teaching younger grades where it feels kind of one and done, uh, we talk really deeply about the the strategies that they used for this one experience and what went well and what didn't. And then how does that inform the next thing you do the next day where the content's different, but you still want to have the same success that you had? Yeah, and I'll, jump in. I'll jump in too. Um, it's, you know, yeah, for the elementary um, educator, it might be that one, that lesson in one and done, like Mike said. But it's the whole point of intentional, proactive, embedded, inclusive design. And, it, you know, that is universal across any lesson. So it's really thinking in a new way and adopting that inclusive mindset. And I think, too, like, I think when you think about that cycle of teaching and learning, I, I mean, if it was really that where like the high school teacher gets four chances to perfect their lesson, I would feel so sorry for the students in first and second period who are there like rehearsals. Instead, it's really is about every time you teach any lesson, if you reflect on it and you think about, well, what, what strategies did I use? I mean, I'm gonna uh, make an assumption and I know this isn't true across the board, but I'm gonna make an assumption that teachers know their content. So it's not as much about the content knowledge, right? It's about the pedagogy. How do we teach the content knowledge? And, and so that it's reflecting on, you know, what strategies did I use and why was that effective or why wasn't it effective? And how can I change that up and make it more effective, not just for when I teach this same content again, but when I'm teaching the next time I'm teaching, whatever the content might be, right? That it's it's, it's that that cycle of of planning and teaching and reflecting and planning again. And that's where the coach can come in about helping them think about how they can make their design more flexible. That's often what we find is that uh, teachers have this traditional mindset that they have to break out of. Um, and then the coach can help them think about how can I represent the content in different ways? And then how can the students then show back what they know in different ways? And if they're stuck, we've got a book for them. We've got a book filled with strategies of how to make it more flexible. Right. Well, and, the, and that book, and, and that book, that our book can be part of that reflective process for them, right? We keep coming back to this idea of what's what's at the core of this. It's reflection, you know that that thing that we say we all don't do enough of. I know I say it all the time. I, I have to be better constantly at reflecting. Um, the book can give you that path towards that because it gives you that opportunity to think back to something you've done and look at it through a new lens. And as educators are reflecting, I mean, one of the questions that they really need to ask is or consider is, am I reaching every learner in my classroom? 
and the coach can be the facilitator in helping them to identify that, you know, those kids on the fringes, on the edges, that their needs aren't being met. And so the coaches could then use our book to help um, help the, uh, the, the people that they're coaching identify where the challenges are and how they can really um, consider more, more inclusive design to reach every learner. And I want to, I want to let everyone in on a little secret. Coaches don't always know all the answers to everything. Whoa, whoa. I know, I know, I know. I mean, you think like that they do because that's why they're out there coaching, but they don't. And so as a coach to have a resource that you can go to, to find the answer, you know, I, I mean, I know, I have books that I'm always pulling off my shelf, right? Like somebody will bring up a topic and I'm like, all right, I got it. I got to center my head around, around this. And so I hope that coaches will find this not just as a, oh, I can, I can, you know, refer a teacher to a strategy in here, but, oh gosh, you know, I'm seeing this educator having these challenges and, you know, how can I, what, what can I do? How can I help guide that? It might not be, I mean, a, good coach doesn't necessarily have to have all of the knowledge, right? They have to know where to go to get the knowowledge. And how to tease it out of the person they're working with. I'm looking through the pages here and I want to talk about the STEM section. You guys brought that up earlier. I I know whether it be STEM games, STEM activities, bringing STEM into more than just the sciences and engineering subjects. I mean, I, I think the, I think the S in STEM could stand for social studies sometimes. I love the fact that the book is filled with little things that I can put in my newsletters. I love that the fact that it's got the inclusive uses. Every single one of these strategies, there's a section for ways that you can do this for every single student. But you've also got ISTE-aligned you know, extension opportunities. Do this. It's good for other people. And you can take this thing a step farther. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but why is it important for all of these things to be wrapped around one strategy? Because it is jam-packed full of information here. Who wants to take it? I always wait and see who's going to start talking first, right? Uh, I'll start talking first. Uh, why is it so important to wrap that around that? Well, it it... it it breaks the mold of talking about tool first. That's obvious. I know yeah. we've said it already, but that 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 stands to be repeated. We need to keep repeating that um, and, and refocus the conversation a little bit um, as to things that need to be done throughout the day and then the supports that go around that. Um, and then it could be STEM and social studies. It could be STEM anywhere because it's about how you apply this information to support a learner and to and, and to it um, provide an opportunity for them to be successful. And I think that also points to the cross content air category because so many of the strategies we couldn't um, filter them into one area. They pretty much cover any academic content area. So um, I think that uh, that we really want to recognize that the how broad the cross content area is. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that even that we did when we were doing this is we would put like a primary and when we were writing this, we originally had a section that was like it had the primary area and then we had 
all the other possible areas that it could fall into. And, you know, it just came down to sometimes we just need to let people make those connections for themselves. Um, but yeah, there's so many of these things that go across. I mean, if there's a reading strategy, guess what? In science and social studies, you have to read also, right? It's not just, it's not just in, it's just not in reading and same thing in writing. You're, you're writing across contents. Um, and so, you know, having that, ha having those, it to some degree, the, the categories that we have these in are a, a little artificial, right? In that it could, you could find things across, you know, multiple categories. And that's why there's multiple indexes, uh, indices, indexes, indices. indices. coaches. What is, is it an X or a C? I don't know. It's I'll look indices. it up. Indices. <laughs> indices. Okay. The index is. that word last time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right, Beth. It's indices, right? Indices. Um, I would say that's an important part of the book is because it is it's exactly the, the point that Beth was making is that because we couldn't put things into one category and there was this cross section, uh, it gives people kind of a, a way to look at the book and go, mm, yeah, um, I want to look at a tool first because I know I have these particular tools. You can look it up, look it up that way. But if you want to look it up by uh, different categories, then you can do that. So it's uh, it's flexible in its design, which is exactly what we're trying to model. Yeah, which I think is so powerful. You think about some of the things that coaches are responsible for. Sometimes you are you are requested to give a training on a tool. Right? We have a we have some time and everybody's gonna get Google Docs training today. Okay. Is that the best way to do it? That's a, that's the story for another podcast. Um, but uh it's nice to be able to go back to that index and say, well, where are all the places that Google Docs shows up that I can then broaden all the other educators kind of thought process of what Google Docs can do for you besides word processing. And I think those are kind of the ways to use those indices, indexes. Yeah. I, one of the things that the book does well is showing a teacher the right strategies. But at the same time, one of the things I, I think it does also well is helping to formulate what teachers shouldn't be doing. I want to talk a little bit about page 366 in your book here, <laughs> creating a two-stop doing list. Uh, for everybody here who doesn't have the book yet and is listening, what is a two-stop doing list? I'm so glad you point. I was just going to talk about that. I have the page open right now. I think this, you know, after um, coaches work with the educators around, well, let's, we can't skip the first section, but maybe we can go to the very last strategy and come up with some of our own to stop doing ideas. You know, th this one, we've got many, but that's kind of like a, a common area that where people can can um, come together and identify the things that, oh, you know, like these are all the strategies that we can do, but let's think about the traditional methods that aren't reaching every learner. And so they can kind of laugh about this last page together, hopefully. Hopefully we'll bring some humor into the coaching experience. How, how did you guys come up with this list? There's a lot of things on here that I think are easy, and there's a few things on here that were kind of fun. What do you mean, Jeff? What do you guys? Go ahead. Spill the beans. <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Well, I'm looking at here. Like, you, you, okay, you've got a couple of things here. Things that you might want to stop doing in the class. Assigned seating. Um, I, I think is an important one, you know, depending on where we are. But you have things like standardized testing and grades. Those are, there's, Karen, you're smiling on this one. 
Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Go ahead, We decided Karen. to shoot big. We, we didn't know who might be reading this, and we just decided <laughs> to shoot really big. Well, no, Jeff, Karen, I know I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stealing your thunder here, but I just want to say when the, when the pandemic hit in March, right, what was the first thing to go? What was one of the first that we don't need standardized tests we don't need it. Let's get rid of it. And we didn't do it. Right. True. Um, and we just cut it. And all of a sudden we're starting to roll back to these strict things that, that never worked for everybody in the first place. And that's really what this list is, is a list of things that Karen, number one on the, sh- on the, on the list, you know what it is. Uh Oh, <laughs> is it about, Karen, what do you- is What's it about, you know, it's the W word. <laughs> Yeah, what I wanted to add too with with because Chris, we're all on the same page in this. Because of COVID, and this is such a great time to reimagine the school experience. And so these are just some ideas of how we can reimagine. Are we going to go back to the way it always was? Because the way it always was didn't reach every learner. This is the time to think in new ways. This is the time to think inclusively. This is the time to adopt that inclusive mindset. And like the meme says, give me more worksheets, said no student ever. Well, with that being said, if you open up your hymnals to page 367, you have a sample worksheet that a teacher can fill out. And there's three columns on it. And you can, you can click on the button here and, and you can download it. You know, three columns to do now, to do soon and to stop doing. So I first of all want to applaud you for telling us not to do worksheets and then giving us a worksheet in the next page. <laughs> that is priceless. It's not a worksheet. It's a graphic organizer. Ah, there it is. And the fact that it's digital and not paper-based. I mean, I know a girl that's in eighth grade right now. She came home with a a three-ring binder filled with paper, and she flipped through it, and she struggles to read. And she struggles to write on the lines, right? But if she could use that Chromebook that she just used for an entire year and type in and use her voice um, and use word prediction and look things up, she wouldn't have those struggles. That's a design flaw. And that's a design flaw that we're going back to. And that's really what we're getting at here. And so the, the worksheet that we provide is really a, a, an exercise um, in flexibility that we're as, asking teachers to adopt. And, and the other thing, you could do it a different way if you want to, right? Yeah. Like it's there. You can to record your voice. You can record your voice in those columns. It doesn't that's mean. true. Yeah. So you can draw, you can do sketch notes. It's this, the flexibility is built into how you, and and the point is you use the tool that works for you. And that's where the flexibility and the choice comes in. It's the end of the year. We're at the end of the book and you have this great afterwards section. And I love the second bullet point, creating a personalized action plan for yourself write three measurable, achievable goals about what you'd like to implement within the next year. I mean, we're talking here about coaches helping teachers do the reflection. And here in the book, it also says, take some time for yourself at the end of the year. Do your own reflection. Listen to yourself. That is absolutely important. Mike, I see you shaking your head here. Why is it important to put this afterwards section here in the book? Because we don't do it enough, Jeff. I mean, it, it, we just don't. We we, it, it, and sometimes you have to hear things a bunch of times before we start to ingrain that into our um, practice, and and that idea of you know the, this constant movement from one task and one activity to another without these opportunities to reflect um, just wears people down, and so we we have to take those times to do this. Um, you know, and and I would argue you wouldn't you wouldn't want to wait till the end of the year. You would want to do this throughout 
And and maybe it is things you put in your calendar. I put it in my calendar. I put things in um, that just pop up after two months. And I'm like, oh, all right, I have to do that today. And sometimes it is uh, some kind of question of where I'm at in relation to a learning of some kind of task that I wanted to do. Um, and so I think everybody needs that. I think that's good advice. Don't wait till the end of the year. You, you can sit there even even now it's you know a couple of weeks into the school year I, I know i drive home reflecting and i think that's a great idea for this talk to me a little bit about working with isti on this you know we've been we've been doing a lot of shows with our with our friends here who've been doing some great publications with isti what is it like working with the group what was it like putting the book together and what was it like working with three other authors on this project in completely different parts of the country karen i'll let you go first on that one Oh, this is actually a Chris question. Oh, okay. He, just because it, you know, Chris, well, Chris has a history with ISTE and it was his original brainchild. And so being invited to participate with this was such an honor and so fun and, and just an incredible experience. So I really want to let Chris take that one. So, Jeff, long time ago, um, maybe 2005, uh, I was doing a presentation with a coworker, uh, Sally Norton Dar, and the ISTE editor was sitting in our very first presentation ever. It was like the first time we ever did anything outside ever um, from our school district. And he said, hey, I like these calendars that you put together. Our local stu- yeah. school district and our assistive technology team had created a strategy a day calendar. And he was really interested in make, replicating that in some way, and we could just never pull it off. Uh, in, since then, um, I've gone on. To Sally and I wrote a book together called The Practical and Fun Guide to Assistive Technology in Public Schools. That was published by ISTE. And then a uh, follow-up to that was called The New Assistive Tech, Make Learning Awesome for All. That was my solo venture. And then this was pu- pulling in the three other authors here together because ISTE has been so fabulous to work with. So, um, again, flexible uh, understanding of timelines, um, great coaches along the way because they have some experience here about how to write a book, you know, and how to get it published and how to get it in front of as many um, people as possible. So uh, getting us on fantastic uh, podcasts like this one. Um, so it's been a fantastic a- adventure, I think. How did they you did such all- a great job of bringing our, I mean, we wrote it, but they sure did make it pretty. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> they did such a great, I mean, I couldn't do, I'm like, I'm not a designer, right? Like I am not a designer. And so just having it, I was so excited when, I opened it and I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's like, you know, it's all formatted. And they were great to work with it because they, we gave, I mean, did you notice it's a little thick? We gave them a lot of information and they really made it work. The the ISTE books that we've been seeing are absolutely beautiful. I, I've been back and forth with the with the team who does all the book covers. They They just look amazing. They really do. And they're eye catchy. And, and every every book that's come by me, uh, they I, I would definitely stop at in the bookstore and just see it. And and if you are out there looking for it again, the book is called Inclusive Learning 365 EdTech Strategies for Every Day of the Year. We're going to, of course, have links on our Ask the Tech Coach show notes blog. But you can find it, of course, at ISTE. You can find it on Amazon and anywhere you guys get your books. We will certainly make sure that we have links in our show notes for you guys. Question, obviously, is... What's next for you guys? Um, are we going to be seeing you at ISTE next year presenting on these topics? Is there other things on the horizon, other other adventures together? What, what do you see the end of uh, 21 and beginning of 22 school year looking at like for you guys? 
I think something that's happening already is that a number of districts have reached out about um, mm -hmm. one. They reach out to ISTE about uh, buying up books in bulk to do book studies, and we've been approached to do book studies. So I feel like that's going to be a lot of our time. What do, What do you think, everybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. We really would love to to help a, a school district on its journey with the um, dive deep into it and really make something more of this than simply just another book on their shelf. And what's interesting is that th this is not like the other books on your shelf. I've th if I think back to um, how ISTE has been in this process, they've been really great about this idea that this is not what a typical book might look like. I mean, we keep talking about there's there's these 365 strategies. Each one, each page is a strategy, and it's not designed like a traditional book. And I think what's really exciting about this potential for book studies is the book study itself will look very different from a traditional book study, which is exciting. And it's more collaborative and it's more conversational. Um, and it's more about implementation uh, around these larger content areas. So that's, I'm really excited to start doing that. That is awesome. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more about that stuff. I'm certainly going to be signing up for the newsletter. I highly recommend everybody out there do that. Again, the book is called Inclusive Learning 365 EdTech Strategies for Every Day of the Year from ISTE Publications. Guys, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Karen, where can we learn more about the stuff that you're doing? Please feel free to share links and social links and stuff like that. Definitely. We're on Instagram, Twitter, inclusive365.com is our website. Right now, we keep pushing the idea. I mean, right now, ISTE is running a special on the book, 35% off using their code through September 15th. And one of the things, too, I just want to close with, there's 3.5 million educators in the country. We believe 3.5 educators need this book. 3.5 million educators. 3.5. What did I say? 3.5 million. I mean, because there's four of us right here and I have one. So I guess we're good. 3.5 million. What did I say? You have to know how short I am. So I'm 3.5. Wait, what did I say? You said 3.5. Ah, 3.5. And I feel bad for that 0.5 person. And you edit that out, Jeff. <laughs> Karen, maybe, maybe we should have called the book Ed, Ed Tech Strategies for Every Educator for Every Day of the Year. That's yeah. what we really needed. Yes, 3.5 million. <laughs> Beth, where can we find more information about the great stuff that you're doing these days? Um, you know what? You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can check all of us out on in, uh, Inclusive 365.com and uh, and find all of our socials on there as well. Nice. Mike, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I will echo what everybody else says, inclusive365.com. My my uh, Twitter is probably my most active, which is at MMATP. Nice. And Christopher? Yeah, the same, uh, at inclusive365, inclusive365.com. Is there like a bell you ding every time we say that? I think that's how the radio works. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, and no, I'm at no, 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 no. That's the wrong <laughs> one. Wrong no, no, no. sound effect. <laughs> try, try that one more time, Chris. Uh, Inclusive365.com. <laughs> Don't we drink every time? <laughs> totally worth it. There's, a, there's only eight sound pads. I'm, I'm bound to get it eventually. It's totally worth it. <laughs> Guys, I want to say thank you so much for your time. And of course, I want to say thank you to our friends over at ISTE for uh, getting us together. And, and you know, please check out all the great books. We are going to, in this blog post, have links to all of the other shows that we've done with great ISTE authors. And we are going to be 
celebrating ISTE publications well throughout September, October, and into November. Looking forward to having other great authors on. Check out all the great stuff over on the TeacherCast podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to Ask the Tech Coach. We drop this show every single Monday, and we want to say thank you guys. Don't forget, as tech coaches, you have access to our free membership site. Head on over to AskTheTechCoach.com and join our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. Free professional development, weekly tips, tricks, and everything out there for you, the educational technology coach. And we would love to have you guys join us each and every week for this Ask the Tech Coach show. So on behalf of Chris, Mike, Karen, Beth, Isti, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.